from Hebrews 11. But something's uh, been on my mind this morning, which is uh, a single verse, uh, a single clause of Scripture, and it's in the passage that we read in Psalm 34. My times are in your hand. My times are in your hand. Now, one of the abilities that we have as human beings is our ability to look back and reflect on the past, to consider where we are in life now, and also to ponder the future and wonder what lays ahead. And uh, in Psalm 31, David is addressing the Lord and, and reminding himself as he talks to the Lord, my times, the times I'm going through in life, are in your hand. He's reminding himself that what's happening in his life, and David had a very eventful life, he's reminding himself that nothing happens by chance, that he's not in the grip of blind, cruel fate. He's not at the mercy of the evil one and the powers of darkness. He's not helpless in the hands of other human beings, but his hand and his life, his life is in the hand of of his God, a God who is sovereign, a God who is directing all things, a God who is powerful, and a God who has loved him and chosen him and brought him to where he is in life. It's exp let's explore this theme together this morning. David had wonderful memories of his early days. David and Goliath. David, uh, the shepherd boy, protecting the flock. What wonderful memories he must have had of God being in his life when he was quite young. And we have to remember that none of us chose our parents, or the day, or the month, or the hour when we were born. Not even the place where we were born. We had nothing to do with the choice of that. Or the place where we were brought up. We had no control over all these things. David pondered these words in another one of his psalms and he said, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And David is tracing his whole life back to his roots. He's telling us about his ultimate origin, which is in God's plan. God formed him to be the man that he was through the natural processes when his parents came together and he developed in his mother's womb. And that's the ultimate uh, root of our existence. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, as David said. And our early childhood was under the direction and control of our God. It's food for thought for all of us who are believers to Christian parents. Some of us are older Christians. We sometimes talk to people and we may meet a stranger and we say to them, well, it was my privilege to be brought up in a Christian home. And that is a wonderful privilege. It's not a privilege that everyone has, because uh, some people are called later to know the Lord themselves. But what a privilege it is if you have had a Christian home, or you are now having a Christian home, to have parents who pray for you every day, to have parents who teach you the right things and give you the kind of guidance and discipline in your lives that will preserve you from making dreadful mistakes in life. 
What a privilege if we have been learnt, if we've learnt to go to worship and learnt to sing. We had a lady give her testimony recently and uh, she wasn't converted till after she'd been to university but she said from a young day she loved singing before she knew the Lord and when she did know the Lord what a wonderful thing it was to know how to sing with our hearts and with, with understanding. What a wonderful thing if we've got basic knowledge of the Bible. The great incidents in the Bible, the great characters of, of Scripture. What a blessing that is. Sometimes we hear about young people who go to a kind of church and they just don't know their Bibles. What a privilege it is to have this basis for our lives because it helps us be warned about dangers and it helps us to know what the right thing to do is in many situations. How we should remember our early times, our birth, our youth, our growing up are so wonderfully in the hand of God. My times are in your hand. And then there's the uh, times when it's wonderful if God in his grace has come to our hearts when we're young. David said in Psalm 71, You've been my hope, O Sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. It's a tremendous blessing if God has touched our hearts before we grow into bad habits and before our heart gets hardened and we drift away from the Lord and the things of God. The times of youth can be slippery. We face temptations, we face peer pressure. There are all kinds of things that can mislead us. What a wonderful thing it is if we've got the hedge of caring parents, the hedge of other Christians from Christian homes. How wonderful if we can say with David, remember not the sins of my youth, my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Yes, some young people have had a time of rebellion, a time when they have hardened themselves about the things that they have learnt when they're young, and uh, they have resisted the call of Christ. They have opposed the prayers and the pleadings of their parents. Perhaps some of us have been like that. Perhaps we can reflect with shame about some of our youthful foolishness. Sometimes some of us still smart when we think of the things we've done. Oh, how we wish we could have turned the clock back. But it's wonderful if we can be like David and know what it is to be forgiven. It's wonderful if we can say with the Apostle Paul, I received mercy. Wow, Paul was so opposed to the Lord. He was putting in prison the, the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was so anti. It was hard to describe how anti he was to Christ and his gospel. But he says this wonderful phrase, even I received mercy. And we must remember if we've got a past like that, that sometimes Satan will dig up and throw in our face. The toxicity of that past is covered by the blood of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of our past decisions may affect us still, but God can make something good out of what seems negative. Sometimes we have to uh, be humbled by God. and We sometimes have to wrestle 
with what we believe when we're young. You know, uh, you as young people today are facing different challenges than my generation. Perhaps the big issue perhaps for my generation as growing up in a Christian community was a question of creation or evolution. And I can remember my questioning and I can remember trying to find answers. How can the Bible be right when all the big names of science say we've evolved? I can remember one little book that helped me. It's probably outdated. It's better books now. It's by Professor Enoch and he was an Indian. And uh, I, I couldn't help thinking about that recently because they were talking about somebody being given a pig's heart. And I remember that Enoch in, the, in that little book written... 60 years ago, I'm dating myself now, um, uh, said that the, the nearest blood group to us was, was a pig's blood. It, it, it comes round, doesn't it? And, and you may be having to wrestle with these things as young people today. These are the times that you're in. God's put you in these times so that you can wrestle through about the matters of gender and about marriage. When you're young, surely you want to know what you believe. Why you believe? You want to have answers to people. And the times some of you are in now are the times when you can find answers to life. You can discover what's right, what's true, what's good. I can remember wrestling with things when I was young. And I hope some of you are not just blasely going through life, but you want to know the truth. Those are the times you're in. Those are the times some of us have been in. The times of youth. This week we had to speak at our church, Brigadier Ian Dobby. And uh, I was at a meeting earlier last year, and he happened to be in the congregation. And uh, he was asking me questions. I thought, I wonder who I'm... Somebody here is very well informed. I said, what's your name? He said, Ian Dobby. <gasps> I said, Dobby of Malta. Yes, he said, that's my grandfather. And so Tuesday night, he told us that when he was eight years old, his grandfather, General Dobby of Malta, led him to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not many of us can have a grandfather like General Dobby, but many of us can put our trust in the Lord Jesus, like, he, like Ian did when he was seven. So there are days of our early times, and then there are good times. Uh, aren't they good times when we're growing up and happy with uh, our lives and our family life, with our recreations, with our friendships, with our sport? Aren't they good times when uh, the Lord leads us into a job we enjoy and we do well at it? Aren't they good times when the Lord finds us a really loving and caring life partner? Aren't they good times when we think about the lovely holidays that sometimes we've had the happy days of being together with families, good days of enjoying real Christian fellowship where we've got friends who pray for us and work with us and care about us, times when we've really enjoyed biblical ministry that's lifting our hearts and instructing our minds, times when our prayers have been answered, good times we can remember good times when we God has looked after us in Tricky situations. Every good and every perfect gift, says James, is from above and comes down to us from the Father of lights. All the things that we enjoy bring happiness and contentment into our lives. 
They can all be traced to the times that God has given us from his hand. As James says, is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. We should never cease to be grateful to God for all the blessings that we enjoy. There are many in our world who congratulate themselves on their good luck or their hard work or their achievements. And they never realise that God is the one who's given them ability and given them opportunity and blessed them in these things. We Christians would trace all the good days, all the blessings to the hand of our God. And we do it all our life through. There are good days. There are times when life is good. But there are times when life is bad. Sometimes the unfairness and the crookedness of things really impact us and we, we just perhaps are bewildered by it. We know God loves us and cares about us. And yet these troubling things come. But you see, that's how life in this world is. This world is never going to be full of happy times 24-7. This world is never going to be a paradise. There are going to be troublesome and difficult things. And we need to know that bad times come. Bad things come. It's impossible to escape sorrow. Uh, impossible to escape difficulty. Uh, and we, again, just as the good times come from the hand of God, the days that we praise God for, so these other things come. We can't confine the bad things that come to us simply to somebody's carelessness, a drunken driver. We can't uh, put things simply down to malice or the fact that there's a prevalence of a particular illness or that genetically we're prone to certain things or that we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, all of these things are secondary causes. The overall cause of the bad things that come is the hand of God and it should make us consider and it should make us submissive and it should make us pray Lord grant me the courage to change what I can change to accept the things I cannot change and the wisdom to know the difference Job didn't know why those dreadful calamities had come upon him God didn't explain but Job knew God's hand was behind it and he said, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away, and the name of the Lord is to be praised. We don't know why some believers suffer more than others do, but we know that God's hand is in all and over all. We're not at the mercy of Satan or men or women or people. God's hand is in all and over all. And he's too wise to be mistaken as a hymn says too good to be unkind but in bad days perhaps we learn more about ourselves perhaps we learn what it is to be humble perhaps what it is that we learn to pray more perhaps it's a time when we learn to be more distrustful of ourselves and more confident in God our good times and our bad times and our early times come from our God but what about our present times what about our present times let me talk about tapestry now my wife is into crochet I haven't seen her doing tapestry yet maybe that's the next craft that she needs to learn 
tapestry is where you weave together different colours and textures. And if you've ever seen a beautiful tapestry, you might see it sometimes when you go to a museum. You might see it uh, sometimes in, in, in a gallery. There's, there's, there's a wonderful tapestry made, hanging up sometimes. But if you look at the back of a tapestry, it's all knots and loose ends. The front is smooth with clarity and colour and detail, and the back is a mess you don't want to look at. Well, of course, we're meant to admire the front. We're not meant to see the back. It's not for us to see. And uh, it's the same in our lives. God sees both sides of the picture. Many of you will have heard of Corrie ten Boom, the uh, watchmaker's daughter who shouted Nazis um, in the war. And she wrote a poem called The Master's, The Master Weaver's Plan. She wrote this. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. So often in our lives we only see the undersize, uh, underside of God's working and sometimes God's ways seem a bit perplexing and messy to us but he sees his overall plan which comes together beautifully and wisely and one day we will see the wisdom of what he's done in our lives. Our present times, what's going on, is woven by our God. And linking back for a moment to the more difficult times, uh, one of the books that uh, is very special sometimes to Christians going through difficult times is a book written by a Scot called Thomas Boston. He's referred to by um, the, the, the famous Scotch poet, Robbie Burns. And Robbie Burns talks about Christians who are perusing Brown and Boston. Uh, Brown, of course, was the one who wrote the uh, summary of the Bible, the self-introductory Bible. Well, Boston was uh, a pastor in the lowlands of Scotland. Many years ago, the only time I've been to Scotland, we went to find where he lived at Ettrick, in the lowlands, thought we were never going to get there. We went winding up the valleys and round the hills for ages to find it. When we got there, it was only about five houses. But he had a massive congregation there of shepherds and farm workers. And uh, when Boston was young, he used to go and visit his father in prison. He used to actually stay. His father was in prison for his faith because he, he was uh, not um, following the um, national guidelines for worship. And uh, he used to go to stay with his father in prison when he was a boy. And uh, when he was uh, grown up, he had a big family, but he lost six of his ten children while they were young. His wife had mental illness. He himself probably had kidney stones. And he wrote this book, The Crook in the Lot. In other words, he was saying that some of the things in our lot in life are crooked, difficult to cope with. He explained that they all come in the tapestry of life from God's hand. And we take these things as they come from our God, knowing that his weaving of the tapestry of our lives is to help us love him more and be more like him and less selfish. Our present time is to be the, made the most of. 
My times are in your hand. The present time that we're living is to be made the most of. The Apostle, in writing to the Christian Ephesians, said, Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And Paul urges us not to waste our time. There are many temptations, perhaps, to fritter away time, but Scripture tells us that we should use time because it's valuable. We already learnt that this morning. Doing good to others, growing in knowledge, developing life skills, caring for others, concerning to do what right, what's right. We're called to serve. Um, and God has made us kings and priests to God. There, were, uh, uh, there was a family, uh, a tribe called Issachar. And in 1 Chronicles 12.32, we, we are told that the men of in Issachar understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do. The times that we're living in are times when we need to discover what God wants us to be doing. Issachars, Issacharites, were experts in political times and public affairs and the mood of the nation. But there's another lady who knew what she should do in the time she lived in, and it was Queen Esther. She lived in a culture like ours, which is hostile to the Christian faith. Uh, her uh, faith in the Lord was lived out in, in, a, in a pagan society. And uh, God made, her, made Esther to be what he wanted her to be in the place he wanted her to be for his purpose and plan. And just as God placed her to save her people, God's put you and me where we are in our neighbourhood to be our witness for him, to be useful for him. And when Esther discovered what a position and what opportunity she had, she began to pray. She began to pray that the Lord would give her strength and guide her to do what was right. And like her, you and I have been given gifts for such a time as this. Esther was brought to the throne for such a time as she was in. And you and I have been brought to God's kingdom for this present time. Wherever we are, God has got a purpose for us being where we are. Because we're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should do. Well, there are present times. Present times that we've got to make the most of. Present times where we need to understand what the will of God is for our lives at this present moment. But then there's the whole of our time. There are times when uh, the, thing, the religious world is, is, is different. Different times of religious influence in the world. Many of uh, our spiritual forebears suffered a lot of persecution in our country. Some of you may remember I talked about John Frith, who when he was only 30 suffered for his faith, but he was a great witness for the Lord. And some of uh, people who lived in our country have lived with state persecution. State and the church hand in hand, Roman Catholic or at times Anglicans, have uh, oppressed non-conformist believers. And uh, we, we are living in these times where, where there's these great challenges that we need to think through and work out and understand 
COVID-19 has brought many challenges to us in, 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 the, in the, Christian, the wider Christian community. How, how do Christian leaders in congregations strike a balance between being law-abiding citizens and protecting the safety of one another and maintaining our liberty as believers to worship uh, freely? We seek to conform without compromising our faith. These are the times that God has called us to be in. We need wisdom. Our church fellowship times are in God's hands. I guess many of you might be third, second generation Christians. Uh, But many Christians do uh, have to go to live in other parts of the country and find another Christian fellowship. When you go to university, if you go to university, it's important you find uh, a church that's going to really help you, where the ministry is going to help you, where there are people who care about you, look after you, and where uh, you can find perhaps other young Christians and find friendships. Congregations change, and Christians have to sometimes change congregations. And uh, there are changes in congregations. Pastors come, pastors go, members die, members are added to the congregation. There's always changes going on. And uh, these times of our Christian fellowship are in God's hand. Uh, and, And we have to remember that. And we have to be those who fit in with the times that God has put us and do what's right in his sight. The theological times that we live in are in God's hand. Who would have believed that we live, well, we oldies, uh, who would have, we, we couldn't have believed that we would live to see a day when Christian, so-called Christian leaders were denying the essential truths of the Bible. How incredibly, how incredible it is that sometimes genuine Christians have felt the, the winds of secular teaching blowing in and, 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 and sometimes uh, people have tried to find theological compromises on matters of gender uh, and all that kind of thing. But the way in which the theological times we're in are times when we have to work things out. We have to really consider and read and learn about the doctrines of the age, about the beliefs of the age, so that we can answer them from the Bible. These are our times. And uh, we, we must just have to live with them. And we must go back to the bedrock of the Bible. Why did our forefathers, why did our church founders believe these things? Where did they get their doctrine from? Well, we, 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 we look these things up and we have to understand where we're going to stand in our generation in the times when there's all kinds of wacky beliefs in the world and some Christians are accommodating themselves so they're not suffering opposition from the secular world. Having said that, we mustn't be nostalgic and think olden times are always better. Surely we, we don't want to go back to the olden ways of living where we didn't have central heating, we didn't have technology, we didn't have prepared food. Can you imagine? If you wanted some meat, you had to go and take one of your animals and butcher it and prepare it. Some of us, I think, we go off meat forever. Um, We like to see it all nicely wrapped up and prepared in the supermarket, don't we? We don't want to go back to those times. And we don't want to think that Christian times in the past were always better than they are today. Do we we look with rose-coloured glasses on the past? Well, how did things used to be? Well, 
Do you want sermons that last an hour still? Uh, do you want to stand up to pray and sit down to sing? And do you want to have an unheated meeting? And uh, do you want to have to walk miles to get to worship? No, I don't think we really want to go back. Don't look at the past with rose-coloured tinted glasses. Uh, we need to just address the here and now. These times are our times. Our times to be faithful to God. And of course those secular the secular times we're living in are times that we've got to come to terms with. Uh, I came across this comment that uh, the prophet Daniel's in exile and Daniel had to remember that God changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. And, and we're living in this age where we're facing uh, different ideas. They're trying to create, to silence people today. Uh, people who believe in creation. We're losing our voice in the uh, educational society. We're facing a time when homosexuality is normalised and transgender is accepted. Uh, these are the, the, the times in which we live. How do we deal with it? Well, one of the uh, rabbis, Kushner his name, I'm not sure whether he was related to Trump, but um, he wrote a book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And his idea is that God is good... But God is not sovereign and all-powerful. So God can't help all the evil that's happening in the world. God can't do anything about it. But how do you find any comfort in thinking that there are forces and powers in the world that are outside the control of our God? It's a great comfort to us that our God is sovereign. And he's in all and over all, all that's going on in the secular world and in the Christian world and in the sub-Christian world. But I must quickly close. Time's gone. Our future times are in God's hand. We don't know what the future holds. I don't know what your views of prophecy are. Some people believe there's going to be a great tribulation and then there's going to be a rapture. There's going to be a thousand-year reign on Christ on earth. No, I personally think the millennium is here and now. It's a great, great mystery to us. But what really matters is, is our future in God's hand. We've committed our life to the Lord so that whenever he returns, whenever the world comes to an end, however the world comes to an end, we're in God's hand. That's what we've got to think about. And then we have our last times. Times of our old age are in God's hands. When our youthful strength is ebbing away. God said to Job, Man's days are determined. You have decreed the number of the months and have set the times he cannot exceed. Our lifespan is in God's hand. He's determined how long we're going to live. We had a, a, a quite a surprise this week on Friday, a phone call. Um, one of the dear ladies in the congregation had been suffering from dementia. And she'd had to go into a home, she got so bad. She fell out of bed, she went to hospital, and her husband was so distressed that he couldn't see her because of COVID. But when she went to hospital, he was allowed to go and see her. And he went to see her. And he'd hardly seen her and got her in his arms than she went home to glory. It's just like that. Blessed experience for her. She was not going to have to suffer years and years 
with dementia in a bed. God knew when he was right to take her, and he took her at the right time. We don't know how we're going to be. My family seems to be affected by Parkinson's. Maybe there will be a day when I'm going to stiffen all up, like people with Parkinson's. We just don't know how our last times are going to be, how long we're going to live. But it's tremendously comforting if we can say, as David said, my times are in your hand. Our God will give us grace when we come towards the end. There's no better hands to be in than the hands of our God. So I've given you some seed thoughts this morning for reflection. Our early times were in God's hand. Our early times are in God's hand for some of you. There are good times that we have and we should praise our God for that. There are bad times, humiliating times, when we've made a fool of ourselves, when we are struggling with situations. Again, God's there. God's with his people in those situations. God's with us as we face the challenges of today and we want to be people who make the most of the opportunities in our life to do good and the whole of our times all the things that are going on all the ideas, all the theories all the philosophies, all the science that we're knowing about today it's in God's hands and we are the people that he's planted in the world for those times to be people who hold close to him and what he's revealed about himself and about our world and our future and our last. It's all in God's hands. Not something to be fret, fretted about. Something to prepare for, yes. But something not to dread. Knowing that it's a time that will be right for us. A time that will be when he's glorified and when he's honoured.